I will say this, a lot of the things that I've read here do click, they do resonate, they do come across as being very accurate, they are things that I very much recognise, too much sometimes in some cases. Maybe if you don't want to talk, you could just listen. I am Mal Foster and you are listening to the latest episode of your third favourite above average but infinitely curious podcast, Dined Out. A show that is dedicated to exploring both the mysteries and the meaning of life. An audio kaleidoscope of absolutely uncertain territory, which is, yeah, that's very much the case with this week's episode. Because I really don't know anything about the topic at hand. As you can tell from the title of this week's episode, we are going to be looking at human design, a phrase that is just honestly kind of terrifying. When I first heard this, I thought it was something to do with designer genetics, and I just pictured evil scientists making a baby from scratch. It's nothing to do with that, apparently. What I do know is that, and I say no in the loosest of terms, what what I think it is, what my understanding of it is, is that it's a chart of some kind which is generated through information that you give and I think it has something to do with astrology. And I think the whole purpose of it is to tell you your destiny or your purpose or to tell you what your path in life is or to tell you something about you is what I think it's all about. But yeah, as you can see, the ceiling of knowledge I have on this topic is is not very high. But hopefully that will be different by the end of this episode, depending on how long this episode's actually going to be. It could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour. I have no idea. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of daunting going into something with zero knowledge and no notes. That's a bit weird, but it's also kind of liberating and refreshing, kind of diving into something and learning in real time, as it were. The reason this thing is on my radar in the first place is thanks to dear friend and Dined Out's resident Fippy, Rachel Shaw, who told me about this. And when I say she told me about this, what I mean is she told me that this is a thing. It exists. It's apparently quite popular. And it's something that I might be interested in and could also make for a good episode. So, you know, I'm always open to suggestions in general, but specifically from Rachel, who is really good at finding curious and at the very least interesting things. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious and interested to dive into this and see what this is all about and see why it's so popular. And also to see if it makes any bloody sense. Because, you know, the idea of a chart telling me what my destiny is. You know, it's it's already kind of ringing certain cynical alarm bells. I mean, just on paper, just that idea alone, it kind of sounds like something from an Indiana Jones film and not one of the good ones, more like that shitty one with the alien skulls, which, oh, yeah, that's it's depressing to remember that even exists, to be honest. Anyway, 
enough of that. Let's get into it. Let's take a look at human design. Alright gang, so I have punched the phrase human design into Google, you know, other search engines are available and highly recommended, but just for the sake of convenience I've gone with the one everybody knows. And uh, yeah, already on the right hand side, the immediate definition for human design is that it is a pseudoscience combining astrology, look at that, points already, got that one right, I Ching, no idea what that is, Kabbalah and the chakras. Human Design was originated by Alan Robert Krakoa, who published a book called The Human Design System under the pseudonym Ra Uru Hu in 1992. So this has been around for a little while. Interesting. All right, so let's take a little further look into the Google results. Actually, let's have a look here. People also ask, what is your human design? Your human design chart, also called a body graph, is calculated using your birth date, time, and place to reveal your genetic design. Hmm. On the most practical level, human design shows you where and how to access your body's consciousness as a decision-making tool. All right, and we have a website pulled up here, which I think I'm going to use. It's called myhumandesign.com. Just have a quick look at the SEO description for that. Your soul came here with a plan to live a spectacular life. Human design is the roadmap on how to live yours. Sorry, but that sounds a little bit like it's the description you might read on, like, a cult pamphlet. Your soul came here with a plan to live a spectacular life. Yeah, this sounds like it could be something you would find on on a pamphlet for like a UFO cult. All right, taking another look at people also ask in the search results. And one of the things here is, is human design legit? And the the answer there is uh, human design is not a scam, nor is it a cult. All right, so maybe I'm not the the only person that has maybe thought that it sounds like it's got some some cult connotations. It is more of a personality inventory system to assist one with a deeper understanding of how they best operate in the world. All right, so that sounds a little bit more legit than, you know, what was it? Um, your soul came here with a plan to live a spectacular life. That's kind of getting into the feet and territory of Scientology for me, that particular line. But the idea of kind of getting a better understanding of how you operate as a person, you know, your personality type, that is, uh, that sounds a bit more legit. Yeah. All right, let's take a look. MyHumanDesign.com is the website if you want to do this yourself, if you want to make your own chart. And uh, if you do, let me know what you get. But in the meantime, I'm going to head into this website and see what I have to put in exactly. It did mention before something about birth information. So, yeah, discover your chart. Please enter your birth data below. So name, obviously, you guys know that one. And, you know, I share that with you every week. What else is it asking for your birth, year, month, day, time? and location and that's it that's it just your just your birthday 
your time of birth and your place of birth. And that's it. And they generate an entire chart from just that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Not sure how much I buy into this, to be honest. But let's do it. Let's go ahead. We're going to do it anyway. All right. So I have entered the information that they wanted. And what is this that I'm looking at? It looks like a series of cables and adapters that have been molded into what looks like an egg with a spear running through it. And there's a bunch of numbers and a bunch of symbols and two separate columns, design and personality with different numbers and insignias. What the hell is this? I hope this is kind of explained because it looks like some strange diagram for I don't even know what. Alright, okay, so there's stuff on the right-hand side of the page here called Chart Properties. Click on any of the underlined words to learn more about your chart. Alright, Mal is my name. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just taking all of this in. You obviously know that. Name, Mal Foster, birth date. Da-da-da. Design date. 15th of January 1985 at 1.35 in the afternoon. What is that? What is your design date? All right, we're going to put a, put a pin in that to come back and look at that. All right, type manifesting generator. The multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate people who are here to do and accomplish many diverse things. All right, that's underlined, so I can take a look at that. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to read through the properties first, and then we can kind of look at the separate bits afterwards. If you know about human design, then you probably know what some of this means. So, yeah, we'll run through the properties, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. All right, under strategy, I have got responding. Again, I hope this is all kind of explained, because honestly, I have no idea what any of this means. All right, underneath uh, definition, no, hang on, I'm jumping ahead there. Underneath authority, the way you make decisions is sacral, listening to your guts. All right, okay, that's pretty straightforward, and I can kind of uh, agree with that. I think, you know, I'm a little bit more sort of level-headed, and I, I plan a little bit more than I used to, but still, I think, yeah, my, my sort of primary instinct is to, to listen to my gut. All right, I'm, I'm on board with that. Definition, single definition. This is easy flow in your chart. Okay, that's underlined and we can look at that in a little bit, which we'll need to because I don't exactly know what that means. Profile, three slash five, the great life experimenter. I like the sound of that. No idea what that officially means. Again, that's something we can look into in a moment or two. But I do like the sound of that. That's something I would definitely get on a business card. The Great Life Experimenter. Incarnation cross. Right angle cross of Maya or Maya. And then there's numbers here. 45 slash 32. 61 slash 62. I presume the numbers mean something. And they are in some kind of conjunction with the, the weird ass diagram. In the center of the page. I guess. I don't know. Sign. The sign that shows you that you're living your design. What does that even mean? Is that as, is that as literal as it, it sounds? 
the sign that shows you that you're living your design. Because underneath there, it's got satisfaction. But surely that's everybody's sign, right? Surely satisfaction is the sign that everyone is living your alleged design. No? I don't know. All right, underneath that, you've got not-self-theme. The telltale feeling that happens when you're not living your design, which is frustration. Again, that seems like that would just be to everybody. That just seems kind of obvious. You know, if you're happy and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then surely you're just going to get satisfaction normally, naturally. If you're not, then you're going to be frustrated, naturally. Hmm. All right, what have we got here? Digestion. Daytime eating. Direct light. I'm guessing that's kind of exactly what it says. Like, that's the best time for you to be eating. Like, I'm naturally more aligned to eating in the day rather than night. But then isn't everybody... I don't know. I can check that out. That's also underlined. So we'll have a look at that. We'll have a look at all the things that are underlined and we'll kind of go through each section. I know that I said at the start of the episode we were going to kind of do this a little bit different. It was going to be a kind of fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type thing. I was going to learn on the job, as it were, learn as we go along. But looking at this, just staring at that strange diagram with the symbols and the numbers and everything that went with it, it just seemed like this is way too much to just even comprehend in real time. This is a complex system. And it is, because we're changing tactics. I have to. As much as I wanted to do it that way, it's just impossible with this because there is so much to it. And even having sort of dug into it a little bit, I really don't fully understand it. And there are sections in there which are still kind of mind-boggling. But to give you the best episode and to give myself, you know, less work to do, essentially, and make things easier for all of us, I have gone on a little side quest I've looked at the chart properties, I've looked at what the numbers and symbols mean, and I've kind of dug into this a little bit, and uh, I'm going to present to you my very layman's understanding of my chart and the things associated to it. Now, hopefully you have done a chart of your own, and you can have a look at that and go through it as well. If you haven't, don't worry, just check out the artwork for this episode, because it will be a copy of my chart. So you've now got a visual aid of sorts, a visual reference from this point onwards. So let's look at the diagram, the weird-ass diagram that does look like an egg with a spear going through it that is comprised of cables and plug adapters. Those adapters, those little sections, those are known as channels or your chakras. Or, you know, for the purpose of sticking with something that is easily comprehensible and that we've kind of established, we'll call them adapters. Because in a weird way, they kind of are. The diagram as a whole, that weird shape, is supposed to be you. Well, you know, not exactly you, but the a person. You know, a person. And all of those adapters are, as I said, your chakras. So they are the different points like head, your root, solar plexus and stuff. So that's what it's meant to be. But it still kind of does look like an egg with a spear going through it. Or an arrow made of cables and adapters. 
but that's what it's meant to be anyway. You will notice on the diagram that some of the adapters are colored in. Some of them have colors. If those colors have specific meanings, I don't know what they are. I never made it that far, but you'll see that some of them are blank, some of them are white, and some of them have, uh, have been colored in. I say colored in like a child's gone at it with a Crayola, but they have color to them. What that basically means is those parts of you, those channels, those adapters are defined. They're no longer soaking in and absorbing information from your environment and your surroundings. You are pretty much, you know, you pretty much know where you stand with those parts of who you are, essentially. Whereas the blank ones, the ones that haven't been attacked by a toddler with a crayon, those ones you are still learning, you're still adapting, you're still absorbing from your surroundings and environment, you're still molding those parts of who you are. Still with me? Okie dokie, let's move on then into the absolute bombardment of information that is surrounding the giant egg spear cable spaghetti monster thing. You will see that there are two categories, one on the left, one on the right. These are your two separate sections. One is the design section, and that is on the left and is in red. And the one on the right is your personality, and that is in black. The two differences... Uh, the design is basically your unconscious parts of you. That is your true essence. That's who you have been designed to be and presumably will grow into being. The right-hand side, the personality, the black section, is the conscious part of you, the parts of you that you are aware of. So traits, mannerisms, behaviors, things of you that you are aware of, that are active, that are putting out, as they say, frequencies into the universe. Now, if you're struggling a little bit with the design bit, which I'll be honest, I am still. I, yeah, all of this is fascinating. And as we get into it, it becomes even more interesting. But the design aspect is something that I just really struggle to get my head around. So apparently you, the person that you are, was designed about 88 days before you were actually born. And that's why you've got two sections and that's why the numbers are different for the corresponding symbols. Because the way that it works, from what I understand, is that, and this is where I struggle with this, the universe was at a certain position when you were designed. And all of these parts of your, yourself were pointing at different gates on your design date. Then 88 days later, 88 degrees away from the sun, it, the universe pivots and shifts and changes position. And now all of these parts of you are pointing at different gates. That's how it works. I think. <laughs> An easier way to explain it and to clarify it is to use the pizza analogy. And it also explains the symbols that you see as well. So this really taps into astrology. And I didn't know this before digging into this. But apparently there are 12 zodiac signs. And the best way to look at it is that astrology is like a pizza that is cut into 12 slices. And depending on what slice you land on, that determines if you're a Libra, an Aries, or whatever. The Sally the Scorpion, whatever the other ones are, I don't know. And human design is a pizza that is cut into 64 slices. These are gates. And all of those little planetary glyphs that you see there... They, uh, as I said, were pointing at one pizza slice uh, <laughs> when you were designed and then they were pointing at another pizza slice or a gate when you were actually born. That's the best I can do for you. Hopefully you're still on board. 
Like I said, there is some really interesting and fascinating stuff here, and we're about to get into that in just a moment. But this is the bit that I struggle with, the whole idea of the universe being in a certain position and then pivoting, and then the idea of, like, astrological or celestial gates and this idea that you were designed, like, three months before you were actually born. I struggle with that. That's where I find a real disconnect. But regardless, let's dive into it. Let's get into it. Let's take a look at my chart properties now that I've kind of given you a very basic foundation of what some of these things mean. All right, so digging into my chart properties, and we're going to start with type. I am a manifesting generator. And apparently, by the way, I have cobbled all of this information from various sources. It's not just one place. It's literally been plugged from about half a dozen different websites. Anyway, I am a manifesting generator, and apparently this means that I have an enveloping aura which pulls life to them, which sounds pretty amazing, unless it's like Galacticus, and I'm just pulling life towards me to destroy it, in which case, not cool. Apparently, manifesting generators live in a frequency of satisfaction. However, when they move toward things or try to get what they want, they meet resistance and are left frustrated. Already, straight out the gate, this actually does have a real air of authenticity and accuracy to me in regards who I am. Now, I know I was a little bit sniffy before when I was talking about, well, doesn't everybody want satisfaction? And that's true, we all do. But in terms of how I operate, in terms of how I am and who I am, yeah, that really does have a ring of accuracy to it. You know, I really do value my time and sometimes it is really selfish the way that I use my time it's because I want my time to give the most to me. And that is something that I'm working on, or at least I'm conscious of and would like to start working on. I mean, I'm not exactly proud about it, but I, you know, my time is spent doing what I want to do most of the time. And that does give a lot of satisfaction, but it also is a detriment to other people as well and that is something yeah that as i said i'm i'm more conscious of lately and it's something that i do want to start working on but to do that i actually need to put practical action behind my words and my thoughts so yeah reading that already as much as i've kind of been a bit sniffy about some of this and as much of this that i just don't really get reading some of these things and that thing right away in particular was really quite sobering and yeah, something that I think I needed to see to reinforce ideas that I've already been sort of floating around. The next thing we have in my chart properties is strategy, and this is how we make decisions. For me, my strategy is responding. I am moved by or I respond to things that I encounter, and it could be anything from a song to something somebody says, like a turn of phrase or a specific word in a conversation, to the way somebody is dressed. It sounds really judgmental and catty. Or something like a poster on the wall. Actually, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good example, and it leads nicely into what is known as the authority. So for me, my authority, which, by the way, the authority is basically what dictates the decisions that you make and the directions in which you move. It's basically your decision maker quality. So for me, my authority is sacral, which is the gut. So gut instinct and intuition and that raw gut feeling. And that really does tie into responding to things that I encounter. So, you know, this poster that we're talking about, let's say it is for a band 
that is playing in town tonight. And let's just imagine COVID isn't a thing anymore. You know, live music is back up and running. Everyone's out enjoying themselves. I see this poster for this band. I've not heard any of their music, but I do know somebody whose taste I trust who has talked extensively about them. So I have that in my head. I see this poster. I see they're playing tonight. My response based on my authority or my gut instinct is probably to go and see them at that gig. Now, that may be a real oversimplification of this very complicated system, but I'm just using my own framework to understand and and hopefully explain in a reasonably cohesive and clear fashion to you guys. But yeah, according to my chart property, I respond to things that I encounter and I sort of really respond to those things that I encounter through my gut. And I think that's really true. I feel like I have had... Uh, a real strong gut instinct throughout my life. And yeah, a lot of the time it's led me into trouble and mistakes and just things that I've regretted doing. But at the same time, it's really kicked open a lot of doors because I've just chosen to trust my intuition, to trust my gut feeling and go with it. And things have worked out. So yeah, I think that rings really true. The next thing in my chart properties is my profile, and apparently I am a free slash five martyr heretic, which kind of sounds like a D&D sort of class <laughs> that I've not discovered yet, or as it's also known, and I love this, I just absolutely love this, the great life experimenter. And what I found for this is the following. You know what works and what doesn't, based on your trial and error process. So when people call upon you, you can often provide both practical and wise solutions. So again, this rings really true because I, especially in the last like five to six years, have really, really kind of tuned into the trial and error process, learning from mistakes, throwing myself into things, trusting my gut. And as I said, sometimes my gut isn't always right. It it kind of leads me to make mistakes and do things wrong. But there is something from that that leads on to something else that kicks open other doors. So yeah, I'm all about the trial and error process. I'm all about learning from mistakes and picking yourself up after a failure and seeing what you can do, what you can take from that. And weirdly enough, I am somebody that, you know, people do come to for advice on certain things. And maybe it's because I have really sort of thrown myself into the trial and error process. Yeah, again, you know, kind of accurate. I can't lie. This is this is actually ringing pretty true. All right, next thing under the chart properties is definition. And for me, that is single. Now, basically what this means is if you look at the, the chart again, if you look at the diagram, you look at the adapters and the connectors, basically a single definition is when two channels are connected, when two adapters are linked up to each other. For me, it is the root and the solar plexus. And apparently what that means is that uh, you are fairly independent in a way that you feel around other people. Your energy is self-contained and it's not reaching out for others to complete you. Boom. Absolutely. I have always kind of been a very independent, independently minded person. I've always kind of been a cat that really does like a degree of solitude and alone time and, you know... For a period of time, I'll be honest, there was a big period of time, especially when I was was bigger, when I weighed a lot more and I was in the absolute throes of my depression and I just hated myself the way I looked. I just absolutely feared 
how people would view me. And it didn't make me agoraphobic as such, but it did stop me communicating with people. It did stop me socializing because I just instantly assumed and feared that they would hate me. They would hate the way that I looked. They would think I was pathetic. They would think I was just a waste of time. And I, I gave far too many fucks about what people thought at a point. Far too many. But now that I've sort of reconfigured myself to a large degree, mentally and physically, the amount of fucks that I give <laughs> in that department are very few and far between. They are pretty much just reserved for the people that I genuinely care about and that I love about. What Joe Schmo on the street thinks about me, what Karen down the corner shop thinks about me, what this person, that person, what someone's acquaintance, what somebody I've just met thinks about me, I really couldn't give a toss. So it's interesting. I wonder if that is more of my design. I wonder if that is more of who I am inherently as a person because I've kind of grown into that sort of mindset. But yeah, I've always kind of valued solitude and alone time and I've never really... I mean, look, like anybody... I need a degree of validation from, from people that I care about. I need to feel a degree of love. I do. Everybody does. No person is an island. You know, I, I need, just like everybody does, a sense of company. I need that. I need an external factor within my life, without a doubt. But, you know, I've never really looked to other people to complete me. I've never, you know... I think that's... I mean, it's it's a nice notion, and all is a very romantic notion, but I don't know just how true that is, really. I don't know if you really truly need somebody else to complete you. It's wonderful to have somebody that you that you really resonate with and that you care for and you love deeply with all your heart, but to say somebody completes you, I don't know how much I agree with that. All right, moving on to the next section, and that is digestion. And for that, I had direct light. So this is to do with food, but it's also to do with just digestion as a whole. So information, sensory intake and stuff. It could be anything. It could be conversations. It could be reading a book. It could be watching a documentary. It could be, you know, eating your dinner. All of these things, these things that you digest and you intake. For me, apparently, according to the chart, I best digest when it's daytime which years ago i would have said is a bunch of cobblers because i used to be a real night owl now yeah now i'm in bed hopefully by 11 o'clock so i can make the most of the day so again maybe that's a case of my design coming to fruition all right so we're going to get into the main meat on the bones of this human design chart i've made for myself and that is the incarnation cross and that is the symbols and the numbers on the diagram. So your incarnation cross is, uh, yeah, I'm still not fully sure on that. I think that is the position of the, <laughs> the position of the universe when you're designed. I think anybody that knows about this and is listening is probably just shaking their head in disbelief because I've got it so wrong. That's my impression. The incarnation cross, from what I understand, is what embodies your purpose, what embodies the essence of you essentially. In terms of the symbols and the numbers, it is an absolute bombardment of information. But as we talked about before, the symbols are planetary glyphs. They are in correspondence with astrology. Instead of doing all of them, because that would take forever. And honestly, you know, I, I don't think we need to get into all of them. I'm going to look at the top 
two and those are sun that's the first one at the top of the chart if you're looking either on your chart or on the episode artwork you'll see the top one is sun and that is representative of personality expression and life force and we're going to take a look at the second one directly underneath it which is earth and that represents grounding and balance and what we're going to do is we're going to look at both the personality gate number and the design gate number so let's start with the personality side of the sun and that for me is gate 42 and what i managed to find for gate 42 in this section is this under exaltation i have the energy and assertion to turn mistakes into advantages the power to accept mistakes as part of growth under detriment I've got a moodiness that in error may succumb to brooding and unnecessary caution. Mistakes give power to moodiness and caution. Again, that kind of ties back to what I was talking about before the whole trial and error process and the idea of learning from mistakes and taking past failures or taking something from past failures and converting them into something good and positive and forward moving. And yeah, that definitely rings true. The idea of moodiness and uh, unnecessary caution yeah okay i'll put my hand up yeah i can can be pretty moody look i don't have many faults as a human being i'm practically flawless but you know <laughs> moodiness is, is definitely one of the few problems that i do have one of the few cons to to my overall being <laughs> In addition to this, I have also got that gate 42 is the tenacity to stay with a cycle in order to maximize its inherent potential. Each cycle we enter into builds on the lessons learned from the last. When a cycle has run its course, we will determine what is needed to bring it to a conclusion before we can begin a new cycle. The former cycle must be brought to its natural end or what was left unfinished or incomplete will have to be revisited in the new one. This is especially true in relationships where we can feel stuck or held back by unresolved patterns of behavior that can date back as far as our childhood. We are focused on what it takes energetically to complete a cycle or process and weak or insufficiently supported beginnings will make us nervous and uncomfortable. Yeah, so this, this rings pretty true as well. I really do kind of resonate with the idea of cycles, of kind of going through different patterns. A lot of the time, if I don't think something has started off right, I will just start it again. Seriously, the amount of restarts that I've had through various different things at various different stages in my life is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm very much a cyclical person. And wow, yeah, yeah, that just that has a real, real strong ring of accuracy to it. Especially when I think about the things that I have pushed through to completion that probably didn't even need completed in the first place, but it's because I'm in that mindset. I've started it. I've got this far. Even though it's probably going to be of no use, I'm not going to use it. It doesn't really matter. It needs to be finished. Oh, yeah, that's cutting pretty deep. That's cutting pretty deep into my core. So that was the personality gate for my sun symbol. This is the design gate, and it is gate 61. Under exaltation, I've got the ability to establish relationship for the actualization of troops and uh, correct pronunciations, and through their nurturing and protective power to ensure a stable environment in which they can continue to grow. The pressure to know enhanced through collaboration. That kind of sounds a little bit like what we're doing with this show. The pressure to know enhanced through collaboration with guests and such. 
That's kind of interesting. Under detriment, I've got with an abundance of energy and in a possession of truth, the tendency to leave others behind or be crushed by their resistance, impatience with others and the forsaking of relationships. Yeah, that again is, is kind of sadly true because I throw myself so much into projects, into ideas and getting into these sort of cycles. Because I throw myself so much into it, I really can kind of put aside other things and it can sometimes be a detriment to relationships with other things, with other people and myself as well. That is, I mean, it has the potential to. I'm trying as much as possible to be conscious and wary of that and kind of catch warning signs before it starts heading in that direction. But I know that my tunnel vision and my just compulsive focus on certain things and that nature to get stuck in cycles can can be pretty much a bit of a detriment. So again, a, a whole lot of accuracy and resonance with that. The last section I've got for this bit is when our knowing inspires, empowers or mutates others, we feel empowered. Compared to the collective mind, which is either focused on what happened in the past or predicting what may happen in the future, our individual mind yearns for silence now, for all the voices and the dialogue to stop. If we give in to intense pressure and let the unknown haunt us, our inspiration can become confused by delusion, leading to deep uncertainty and anxiety. The secret is to enjoy our thoughts and let our inner knowing, our inner truth reveal itself in its own unique timing. And that really resonates. If you listen to the episode I did with Kathy Crabb, the main focus that I had in terms of, of pulling those cards was to sort of try and get a better understanding of where my future lies. Because I used to really ruminate on the past an awful lot. I don't do that anymore. Now my sort of source of anxiety comes from what happens next, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing. Is this podcast going to work? Is anything going to come from this? Am I heading in the direction I'm supposed to be? That has been a genuine anxiety for some time. And in that episode that I did with Kathy, I talk about how I'm trying to concentrate more on the now. So that line, what is it? Our individual mind yearns for silence now. Yeah, that's really kind of true. I'm really trying to just be in the moment instead of trying to figure out what the fuck's going to happen next or worrying about what's coming down the pike. Um, Yeah. If we let the unknown haunt us, our inspiration can become confused by delusion, leading to deep uncertainty and anxiety. Yeah, that that's really true. And that's actually formed a decision here actually, because I was going to look at the North Node, which is something that we also addressed back in that Kathy Crab episode, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to look, not that I buy into this as any kind of prophecy or any sort of concrete absolutism, like this is laying out my path, my intended path. I don't buy into that at all, but I just don't want to sink any more time than I need to in thinking too much about the future or in particular worrying about the future or just kind of getting myself into that headspace of, well, what the hell does happen next? Where am I going to end up? What am I going to end up doing? I really want to pull back from that. So we're not going to be looking at my North Node 
at this point. Maybe at some point in the future I will revisit this. Yeah, maybe somewhere down the line we'll come back and we'll have a look at my north node and see if anything aligns. But for the time being we're just going to stick with the sun and what we're going to move on to next which is the earth symbol. Alright, so my personality gate for the earth symbol is gate 32 and what I have for that is the high expression of this gate and the highest application of this energy is to evaluate what ideas have the best potential to work and determine which ambitions and dreams are worth bringing forward. This is practical ambition, not starry-eyed hope. You are probably good at adapting as you embrace and navigate the changes in progress around you while keeping your eye on the goal. You use wisdom and intuition to compare the benefits of stability against the opportunity of risk and new ideas. You recognize the value of transformation and change. Yeah, again, all of that really kind of seems pretty spot on. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. For the low expression of this gate I have got, you may fail to distinguish between healthy ambition and fear-driven overcompensation. Wow, yes, absolutely. The latter leads you to work too hard or too ambitiously out of fear of not succeeding. Absolutely. Again, like I said, when I throw myself into projects, when I get stuck in that cyclical pattern, I think it is because of that, because I'm terrified that this has to work. Like, it has to work. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's good because it makes me move forward. It adds a sense of conviction to what I'm doing. It shows that I give a shit about what I'm doing and I really want it to happen and I really want it to work. But at the same time, yeah, it can be kind of a detriment to me and to other people and other things. Yeah. For the design aspect of this, my design gate is 62. And for this, under exaltation, I've got the reaching out to others to share, symbolized by the moon's phases as it moves from darkness to eventually sharing fully its light. The understanding that only when the details are complete can action or expression be initiated. And for detriment, I've got a tendency in metamorphosis to seek acclaim through dramatic presentation. When the details are organized, the need for attention demands expression. I really don't know what that means. Is that saying that I need an audience? That I do demand my things that I throw myself into? These creative projects, these cyclical patterns, that I need an audience for them, that I need them to be seen and heard? I mean, I guess there is an aspect of that, absolutely, because the creative projects I do usually do coincide with having an audience, a podcast, for example, a book, what have you. But yeah, I'm not sure if I'm reading that right. I don't know. And the idea of, you know, what is it? Seek acclaim through dramatic presentation. I mean, look, hey, you know, I can be a bit of a performing monkey at times. You know, I can be a bit of a fool willingly. I can be a bit silly. I can be a little bit dramatic, a little bit moody, as we've established. So I don't know, maybe there's some truth in this. Or maybe there's some truth in my interpretation of this. Yeah, not entirely sure. If you are pretty well versed in all things human design, and you've got a much better read on that than I do, then please do let me know what you take from that and what you take from anything else I've shared from my chart. I would actually love to hear some feedback from people in the know about this thing. 
it'd be kind of interesting to get a bit of a deeper insight and understanding to some of the things that I've discovered and shared. And likewise, if you yourself have taken this on board and you've done a chart for yourself, if you've got yourself all of this in front of you, do share with me what you have found out about yourself. If in fact you have actually found out anything about yourself to begin with. I'll be honest, I haven't found anything new about myself here. A lot of this is just confirmation and echoes of of recognition. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's actually a pretty good thing because it's kind of reaffirmed certain things that I've been thinking of for a while. It's sort of re-cemented ideas that have been floating about in my head. And it's really kind of given me more incentive to be mindful about certain things, certain things that are not exactly fantastic and that can be really worked on. Yeah, with full transparency, I really don't know how much I lean into this being like true, like the whole celestial astrological aspect of it really is lost on me. There's a big disconnect there. But I will say this, a lot of the things that I've read here do click, they do resonate, they do come across as being very accurate. They are things that I very much recognise. Too much sometimes in some cases. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of of a very split mind about this. But nonetheless, this has actually been really good for me to to kind of, essentially kind of talk to myself in a way. I mean, not just in terms of talking into a microphone in a room in which I'm the only person, but to kind of look inwards a little bit and reflect and sort of discuss things with myself that I've been, you know, contemplating for a while. So yeah, overall, really pleased I kind of cranked into this. So there you go, that was me diving into the weird and wonderful world of human design. What did you make of that? What did you take from that episode? If you did a chart yourself, what did you take from your own chart? If you want to share, if you feel like sharing, please do. As I said before, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Mal Foster. We also have a Facebook page as well, so you can share your findings and your feedback just in general about this episode or any others or any suggestions you have for future episodes via any of those social media channels. Yeah, hopefully you have enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you've gotten something from it. And if that is the case and you haven't done so, the best thing for you to do next is to subscribe to Dimed Out. You can find us presumably where you found this episode and just gently tap that subscription. Give it a little boop. And you are not only helping support this show in its growth and further development, but you are also ensuring that you get every episode following this one directly to your device without having to do anything. There are other ways you can help support the show if you feel so inclined. Take a look in the show notes. You will find a bunch of links. One of them is to our Dimed Out Patreon account, which offers you bonus goodies, extra content, extra episodes, live streams, access to the Discord channel, and other stuff as well. You'll also see other links in there as well if you want to check them out as well. They do help us out. So yeah, if you're feeling generous, you've got those options. And I want to stress the emphasis on that word options because it is completely optional, but you do have them there if you want to uh, indulge. As for next week's episode, I could tell you all about it right now, but where would be the fun in that? The best way to find out what next week's episode is going to be all about is to simply just tune in and find out. Leave it as a surprise. Yeah, because everyone loves a surprise, right? Well, not 
everyone, and, and not all surprises are good, but this one will be, I promise you. You'll enjoy this surprise. So tune in next week. As for this week, we're officially done, son. That's it. It's a wrap on this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Look after yourselves. Look after each other. And until next time, keep it dimed out. Thank you.